1: This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by one of the best in the business, the great Maria Bamford. We've got some great reality show pitches for you. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart.
2: Jordan Morris, boy detective.
1: Jordan, you look good. Okay. You look like you're ready for action. Sure. Ready to have some fun. As always. How are you feeling?
2: Uh, I'm feeling great.
1: How's that no sugar thing treating you?
2: Uh, that I don't like.
1: I accidentally offered you some pudding, and I want to apologize for that.
2: Yeah, that was a real fuck you pudding offer.
1: I really didn't mean to upset you by offering you pudding, but I'm worried that I might have done so.
2: That y- you did. At least you didn't, like, drizzle it all over your face and then lick it off while I watched. Or had one of the dogs lick it off. I was gonna do. Not have liked
1: I that. was gonna do that later, but I've crossed it off my list.
2: Thank you, I appreciate it. Please I have be a to-do supportive.
1: list of different stuff to pour on my face and then lick it off in front of you.
2: Um, well, you know, I actually have some thoughts about this. Uh, maybe we could introduce our guest and then we can get into it.
1: Of course, you know her as uh, one of the funniest stand-up comedians in America. Uh, what a pleasure to welcome to the program, the great Maria Bamford.
3: Thank you. I. I, th- I know that's subjective, but thank you very much for saying that. That's,
1: that's my nice. personal opinion.
3: No, that's very mm-hmm. kindly.
1: That's and my opinion. Very
3: welcoming, like a pineapple. I
2: I've, pineapple.
1: Pineapples are a little to me, to hostile.
2: Be, to be the yeah, less least welcome because they're really? pokey on the outside. Oh, they're hard it's, to
3: open. It's the sign of hospitality. Whenever you go into a hotel, a lot of times oh, they got right. a little pineapple sign.
1: I bought a pineapple today at the store uh, to to juice in my Champion juicer.
3: Oh. Do you have a
1: champion juicer? I have you don't. ever? Do you know? Are you familiar with the type of juicer? It looks a little bit like an anteater or an aardvark.
3: It's really heavy duty, is it not?
1: Yeah, it's super heavy, and you can just put anything in that thing.
3: You you know what? I I think I know a special. You could put frozen mm. bananas and frozen pineapple, and then it makes this wonderful ice cream.
1: Yeah, that is good. I've had that. Didn't somebody tell us to do that on this very program? I think they did. Yeah, oh, okay. and we did it. It's
2: po- very popular, apparently.
3: Well, I learned about
2: it from my friend Amy.
1: Well, Amy knows her shit.
2: (laughs) She sure does.
1: There's no doubt about this, Maria. Amy knows her champion juicing.
2: (laughs) Sounds like this pineapple banana juice thing is more popular than silly bands.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What are silly bands?
2: Oh, there's these things that uh, kids like these days. It's like a rubber bracelet. (gasps) Oh,
3: okay. Yes. And when you
2: take it off, it it takes the shape of a popular character. Oh, I thought it was like a weird
3: Al Yankovic reference, like everyone's doing a silly band. Oh, silly bands.
2: This is silly bands with a Z. Bands. And from what I understand, children love them.
3: Kids, I've seen those for sale as if they might be an impulse buy.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Lo- lots <laughs> of Targets will have yeah. them next to, like, the nuts and the jerky.
1: Not a lot of household budgets have the Silly Bands line item on them. Yeah. <laughs> it is largely, I think, an impulse buy.
2: I have heard
3: <laughs> This that is for investment in yourself.
2: <laughs> this could have been uh, just a funny person joking around, but I've heard that the... Kardashians will now have silly bands, and when you take them off, it's just the shape of a woman with a big butt.
1: Really? Yeah.
2: Oh, that's kind of fun. It is a little bit fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of fun. I have never watched the Kardashians <laughs> television program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but They I, have
2: several television programs. They yes, do? So <laughs> let me know which one you haven't watched.
1: Okay. Uh, none of the, their television <laughs> programs have I watched. Uh, but I did see them on the Conan O'Brien program, and I was... Frankly, a little bit confused by the fact that I did actually find them likable and entertaining. I did not expect to find them likable and entertaining, I have to say.
3: Well, over... Four billion people can't be wrong.
1: I guess. It turns out they can actually be wrong. <laughs> yes. They mostly like to watch uh, The Biggest Loser. <laughs> That's their main interest.
3: I know. That one should just be called exercise bulimia. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
2: understand, and I, I don't think you guys will be able to shed any light on this, but I just want to say it out loud. I don't understand what the non-butt appeal is of the Kardashians. They don't seem to be anything.
1: to like, right, they're, they're
3: confident. N- they yeah, have a just... glorious confidence that not many can understand.
1: <laughs> so people, when they're watching it, they're just kind of bathing in that confidence. Yeah,
3: like, people want to know what I do, and I do it, and I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. And they just, that, that, is it's sort interesting of like, to watch.
1: it's sort of like watching Michael Jordan play basketball, but for people that aren't doing something.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> is that what you're saying? I guess, yeah,
3: yeah. Like your life, you don't have to always, I mean, the meaning or purpose is, well, I don't know. I think they do have meaning and purpose, but it's just maybe not your regular, well, it's not the thing that's going to go down to the history books that you got a nice dress. And you are always like really good with your eyeliner. Hmm. <laughs> maybe it would, though. I uh, don't know. Yes. Yeah,
2: so maybe the comparison is like there's a guy who's, all, who's played pickup basketball his entire life, but you know, he married his high school sweetheart and they had to settle down and he never got to play pro ball. Like he watches Michael Jordan and then just kind of a shrill, unpleasant woman watches the Kardashians and gets that same feeling of.
1: She's like, I have, don't, I also, I also don't do anything. Sure. Um, <laughs> why am I not? I, maybe if I had the gift mm. of not doing anything, sure, I could be standing on top of the not doing anything keep like the Kardashians are. But are
3: they? I don't know exactly. I mean, I know they're having relationships and babies and shopping and they do run a business in Miami.
2: hmm i Uh, think in los angeles i I, I know new york two of them have recently taken miami oh did they (laughs) yes they have
1: i thought they were taking new york no
2: well they've already military coup that's yes
1: right (laughs) uh that's next they've they've assassinated michael bloomberg (laughs)
2: sure or i guess to, to take over miami you would have to kill george bush's little brother right jeb jeb bush
1: yeah i don't think he's the i don't think he's the governor of florida anymore
2: yeah, but I mean, you display. You, he's the one you have to displace. He's like the figurehead. Right? Well, there's no doubt. He's like the queen.
1: There's no doubt that that is the family. That is the uh, those are the people that you have to push out of the way. Yeah, the Bush clan. Sure. Um, if you want to speak dynastically,
0: I do. <laughs> okay. I always do. Yes. Jordan
1: always wants to speak dynastically. <laughs> I've been actually been watching reality television lately. I know that I have. Um, I have often spoken against reality television, which generally does not hold much interest for me, but I have watched now at this point every episode of the television show American Pickers.
2: Hmm. I don't know what this is.
3: I have seen that. Okay, oh, okay.
1: this is a show where these two antique dealers... Um,
3: A short one who's kind of scrappy And then a tall, noodly one (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly, who's kind of handsome (laughs) Um, Go through rural America uh, And um, pick through people's uh, barns Now they try and make it seem like these people Are just people who happen to have a lot of stuff These are antiques dealers (laughs) These are also antiques dealers But um, they're antiques dealers slash hoarders so they have huge volumes of crap. Yeah,
3: they never want to give it away. They're like, well, I don't know. That's, my, that's the third warehouse and the fourth row back.
1: Of there, my. there are a lot of really strange things about this show. Yeah. One of the things about the show is that they try and present antique stealers, who are clearly antique stealers, as just regular people that they happen to drive up to their house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. Oh, they do occasionally. Occasionally it is a genuine non-dealer hoarder. But typically it's just someone who is a dealer. Like they so buy wait, stuff so, at auctions. and.
2: So are the hoarders in this
1: show and the hoarders from Hoarders? No. This no. Is, these, these aren't sad. Well, some of them are sad. They but just happen to so, be so, wealthy or no, have good taste? No,
3: it's like somebody left a shed for 50 years uh-huh. and nobody's looked in it. That yeah. kind of thing. Whereas hoarders, like, oh no, I kept the wrappers from everything. Yeah,
1: yeah. Or like, I've got newspapers, piles stacks of newspaper lining my walls. Like these are people who live in rural places uh-huh. and have outbuildings that don't have purposes anymore because okay. they're not actually working farms or whatever. Gotcha. And they go to auctions every weekend and they, don't weekend, have and they <laughs> buy, you know, they buy collectibles at auctions and then they have too much stuff. Or they're just dealers, uh, which is the majority of these people. So the one thing is that it's weird that they try and play it off like most of these people aren't dealers. And I know what antiques dealers are like, and they're like these people that have all this stuff in their things. Another thing is, I guess it just never occurred to me, these people are not rich people um, that they're buying and selling from, um, but they have they will have eight huge barns. <laughs> and... I, it's just amazing to me that there are places in America where someone who isn't rich can have eight huge barns. Sure, yeah, This cost just like a buck. Uh, yeah, you just you just get go down to the Home Depot, get a giant barn yeah. for twenty dollars, and put it up in your excess property.
2: Maria, do you have a reality television program that you follow? You watch this one. I enjoy many of them. I prefer to call them documentaries.
1: Uh Uh,
3: I do like Intervention. I do.
2: Yeah, I've watched a few Interventions on the Netflix. It's uh, there's a lot of fun to be had.
1: I watched one and it terrified me.
3: Really? Oh, it really upset me. I can't. You know, I want to see the one where. I wouldn't mind if somebody gave me an intervention right now. You know, just like take me <laughs> like, to wherever you want me this. to go. Yeah. I want to go to Desert Palm Beach or whatever, and take thirty days out just clean up. I don't know what I need a good clean from, but take me away.
1: Just a colon cleanse or whatever. <laughs> yeah. One nice thing I, I need an
2: intervention from the fact that I never take a nice vacation.
1: Something <laughs> yeah. that I've noticed on the on the American Pickers that perplexes me is mm-hmm. this is not a. It's not a particularly narrative show, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not you know it's not that emotionally. You don't get that much. They try and give stakes to things by making up challenges for themselves and stuff like that. But generally, it's just a show about some people, and it just shows some pictures of the stuff they got. Um, But one weird thing about this show is, I I can't tell whether the people who make the show think it's funny or not. I think maybe they do. It's definitely not. Um, and I say this as I genuinely enjoy watching this show. It's definitely not funny. But one weird thing is, just randomly, there will be a comedy sound effect,
2: <laughs> like just every boy yo yo.
1: Yeah, like every fifteen minutes, there's like a boy o yoing or a fart or a, Arr! you know, like it's really like I feel like I'm watching a B movie trailer in 1987. Oh. I don't understand. What do they just have one guy that edits all reality shows, yes. and he just figures, well, we just throw in the sounds, yeah, right? Yeah,
2: and he's in the pocket of the boy-o-yoing lobby. <laughs> I mean, what he is it the for? The guy they, that boy-o-yoing gets a pretty pretty hefty fee every time they play that.
3: But oh. they do like they do. Have the, well, I had friends who worked on reality shows, and he just edited and edited. And it's just like t- tons reams of, and then you just bludge it all together.
1: I, re- I remember when Steve Agee was on The Sound of Young America. He was talking about his career in reality television that came before he was a comedian, oh, I didn't and know about that. before he was on the Sarah Silverman program and so forth. And he had some jobs that involved like oh. tape logging. Oh. Oh, and yes. I did editing tape. and stuff. I did tape logging. Really? Yes. What did you log tape on? I
3: did uh, for the History Channel, actually, but it was just long, just just nothing. Yeah, you just have to say what's happening over.
1: This is like hours. you watch the raw tape mm-hmm. from reality shows and then write down what's happening and point out what's interesting. As it's happening, yeah. As it's happening, so that a person who's getting paid a reasonable wage doesn't have to sit there. And watch yeah. all the raw tape of the interview or whatever.
3: Yeah, so you get paid probably ten bucks an hour, maybe to
1: do. Did you have a boioying button?
3: I didn't. No, no, I had no power over what sounds would be put <laughs> in. Could you
2: suggest it in the margins, maybe?
3: <laughs> no. Well, I never even thought of that. Like how? Well, I that's could the. Been, I was never empowered. That's mm. the
1: key to reality television success: is the boy-o-yoing. <laughs> the judicious application of boy-o-yoings. Sure.
3: I, did, I like. I like it. I like any rally show where somebody comes in and bosses somebody around.
2: Like,
1: Listen,
3: I think I know it. You know. You asked me to come in here, and I'm bossy, bossy, boss, 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 boss.
2: I remember there was this uh, British nanny show a while oh, back. Oh,
3: that's still on Super Is Nanny.
2: It? Yeah. Yes. I remember being like a little bit attracted to Super Nanny, oh, like more than you were supposed to be.
1: Is Super Nanny good looking? She's
3: very beautiful. Well, she's very beautiful in a very yeah, she's... I don't because she also has a wonderful uniform on, like a a wonderful suit, and then she's also um, very good at being a disciplinarian, but in a kind, loving child, you feel sure. very safe.
1: Is it like a Mary Poppins type outfit that she wears?
3: No, it no, was, it's like a stewardess.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, like a nineteen. That's a good way to put it. Like a nineteen sixties stewardess.
3: Yeah, and the thing is, she'll come into these chaotic families where you're just like, "Oh my God, these people are," you know, everything's going to hell, and then she comes in and she's not afraid of it, and then she makes a schedule mm-hmm. for everyone, and it, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand why you would have an obsession with her. I just it, yeah, maybe I would. Very... I
2: would need someone to make a schedule for me. <laughs> It'd just be lovely because right now I'm just running around no schedule. Yes, yeah, yes. tell me when to eat lunch. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean,
3: I I made one of those schedules for my. Because I was up, I, it, And I, I, I made a big one Like she makes She makes mm-hmm. it for the whole family uh, That you, you get up You have lunch Then you have a play time and then
1: You, you have typically a- have breakfast All oh, right. First right okay. okay I get what did you're saying Did your schedule I just start lunch. At lunch <laughs> 12.15 It did
2: From, from 9 a.m. to 12.15 Free time <laughs> Free time <laughs> <laughs> And then the regimented then the stuff starts Yeah,
3: I mean, I do like, I would love to have somebody to come in and like, you know, Susie Orm and me or (laughs) who's the the other chef, the chef who comes in, Gordon Ramsay, just have him come in and just go.
1: I've watched a little Gordon Ramsay on my mom's BBC America. Mm. I I only uh, like the television shows. My mom, when I, my mom, when I was a kid, never had cable and basically never watched television. I mean, I guess we used to watch nature when I was little. Um, but really just had no interest in television, like, didn't want to, like, I would want to watch news radio or, or Seinfeld or something that I loved when I was 14 and and uh, just had no interest in it at all.
3: Was she against it on some No, though,
1: that was no? what was weird about it. Not against it at all, uh, but no interest in it at all. And we never had cable. And because we lived in the city, it was tough to get reception. So you really had to, like, want to watch something to watch something at my mom's house. And then I went away to college, and my mom is a college professor, so she reads just astonishing volumes of volumes. Right. Like, she she reads, you know, these giant, really intense philosophy books and stuff. Oof. And um, I went away to college. Two years later, she got DirecTV. Yeah. And now all she wants to talk about is um, – she just wants to talk about uh, – the mess in the dress or whatever oh no <laughs> say, yes,
2: uh, say to yes to the dress say yes to the dress <laughs> the mess in the dress,
3: dress. <laughs> that's, that's what that is actually that's a good title
1: for it yeah.
3: or what not to wear
1: she you loves know, what not oh. to wear too she loves to watch what not to wear you and it is like skim it's like,
3: the profile it's you like there's a interest. whole mm-hmm. sure.
1: you skim the
3: profile pointed toe uh, ladies light lip color I know all the damn things but I won't do them <laughs> it's just good to know. It's but it's, the thing is, I wish they would do an opposite where they took somebody like it's you know those pictures where they have like somebody well, they who's took fan somebody and that
1: they, had really had their shit together and just yeah, kind of just really
3: take just, them just apart, fucked with their head destroy. for a while
1: until their life was falling apart.
3: <laughs> or like somebody who's who's skinny and then they gained gain two hundred pounds
2: yeah. and they like show that's... them with a pair of little pants.
1: <laughs>
2: that's our. That's... But then they like applaud them <laughs> for You're gaining so the weight. They're like,
1: you did it. Yeah. That's our pitch. It's called Down a Peg.
2: Sure. <laughs> or just like, change is good.
1: Just
2: yeah. like, whatever got to
3: change. It's awesome.
1: It's just good. When, when, uh, when we had the, we talked about this on Jordan Jesse Go, but when me and Adam went in and had some meetings with some TV people about uh, making a TV show of Put This On, they were really insistent that it had to have transformation
3: people loved i do i am addicted to seeing transformation Mm -hmm. but i wonder if it would work both ways if if i could see like a clean house slowly be filled with hoarding oh yeah you know (laughs) would that be just as satisfying
2: just they have a they have like a so the clean house to hoarder would have a guy with frosted tips kind of young good-looking guy that the moms could like and he'd just be uh directing a forklift he's like all right bring in the bird magazines <laughs> <laughs>
3: or like maybe you watch somebody they seem fine i mean it would be a lot it'd be hard to produce you'd have to find somebody and then you watch as a tragic event happens mm. like you know they the uh, de- 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 get <laughs> a child or you know some uh yeah somebody kills themselves and then they start slowly taking in rabbits oh <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I'd like to see Jordan's version with the frosted tip guy have an expose that they did a second-rate job of hoarding up the house. Mm. Like... There were those kind of like these aren't these aren't even real the books hoarder. that are lining every square foot of wall. These are those decorator books that are sure. on the bookshelves at IKEA.
3: Oh, it's a facade of hordes. Yeah. A <laughs> hoarding
2: facade. But really, really the stacks of fake books are like compartments to store useful things. Yeah. Like it's actually like oh no, you're really organized. <laughs> Like all my all my tax receipts are in these fake books.
1: I like I do like down a peg as the concept for okay. a show. We every uh, week yeah. there's a new person, and I think the catchphrase could be "You're in my sights." Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna take you down a peg.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: that would be nice And the person was kind of signed up for it. Like I'm really, you know, I'm almost. Too regimented, too perfect. Yeah. And
1: maybe it could be something could be. where people's brothers, less successful brothers and sisters, nominate them to be on the show. Yeah.
3: Oh, oh, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, they always do that. They humiliate people. They go, they take them to a public place and go, "We've all told everybody that you look terrible." <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, and the tagline could be dot dot dot, and you'll like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse. Go. Love you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorn, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective.
2: You guys,
3: I. Okay, I, I'm Maria, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the happy ham.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I oh, good. Happy Maria ham. Bamford. The happy ham. She runs the show. Doodly doo. Um, I have some important news. Please. I accidentally super glued some paper towel to my finger. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. I really don't think it's ever going to come off.
2: Wow, what were you gluing paper towels to?
1: Okay, so essentially what happened is the other day I was I was cutting some stale bread into chunks to make uh croutons with it. Sure. I was going to, you know, cook it up in a little grease in the on the stove and make some nice croutons for a salad. Seems totally reasonable. Um, but it was pretty hard yes. and I was using a bread knife and it slipped and I cut sort of my hand my fingertips were pointing downward and i managed to cut into my fingernail downward and cut like a half moon into my fingernail that's really gross i apologize to anybody who's flipping out right now um and but the actual wound wasn't that bad but i did cut through my fingernail and so i i had this fingernail on my finger that had this huge like that that had this huge half moon gash in it that I didn't want to. Uh, that I didn't want like my fingernail to fall off or whatever. Okay. So once the 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 cut underneath was not that bad at all, and um, so once that sort of got under control, I would super glued my fingernail, um, which worked great.
3: Well, you super glued your fingernail.
1: So into that it would bed? No, no, to itself. Oh, to I it put itself? some super glue on over the top of it, mm-hmm. sort of like you would that m- seems if you were incorrect. But here's the thing super glue is actually, super glue is actually, been, you can use it to dress wounds.
2: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, you I can use it in place that. of sutures.
3: Hmm. Oh my god, that's wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's like yeah, it's totally not, it's sterile. Not toxic. How about gorilla the, it's, glue? It's totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just any kind of epoxy. Yeah. You
2: definitely rubber cement. <laughs> rubber cement <laughs> is perfect. If you get a third-degree burn, just dunk it in some rubber cement.
1: That kind that you use to glue pipes together that comes in two different tubes that mix together and then oh. make a poisonous gas, that's perfect for this purpose.
3: Sure. What? How did you learn that, that super glue you could use to suture?
1: I don't know. I just learned it at some point. And then I was like, is this actually true? And I looked it up on the internet, and it did say that it was true. I'm not recommending that anybody do this, because it seems wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's worked out fine for me, but it does seem wrong. But apparently, yeah. it, was even, it was even when it was first invented, it was, it was tested as a substitute for sutures, especially in, like, battlefields and stuff. Yeah. Um, and the reason – the only reason they didn't use it Man is – Man versus crouton? Yeah. It's very – yeah, exactly. It's very difficult to manage and not accidentally glue yourself to yourself.
2: Jesse, are you afraid because you're such a big advocate of using super glue on your skin, there's going to be some like irresponsible guys out there who are going to want to put a little dab in their pee hole to see how far they can shoot it out? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Are you concerned about
1: that? I've been concerned about that in the past. I mean, there have been sleepless nights. Yes. Sure. Because when you're on record as one of the top supporters of putting super glue <laughs> on, your, on your skin for both health and for sexual pleasure, sure. um, then that is a concern that's going to come up. But the reality is that if you do that, only good things can come of it. That's true.
3: Well, it's it's about freedom. It's independence, <laughs> it you is. know. And, and each person can choose for themselves. You know, just because you advocate it, no, oh, somebody's person. seen the Adjustment Hero. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't. Is it any good?
2: Uh, yeah. I saw it. Oh, uh, it's a nice movie. It's a little. It's a little uh, cheesy at the end. You kind of. You might groan a little bit. Okay. Uh, unless you're someone who's really, really swept away by romance. Um, I do love. Well, then maybe you will not (laughs) groan as loudly as I did. How
1: would you compare it to uh, there's a mess in your dress? (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, I would say that they are completely different things and right? hard to compare other than the fact that they're both filmed media.
1: Were there any, Was there any boy o
3: They could be changed. <laughs> the Adjustment Bureau is a lot like St. Bess in the Dress. Because yeah. <laughs> they always have problems with uh, tailoring. Oh, yeah. They do.
2: Sure. And, yeah, I guess they're, they're both about adjusting one's life.
4: This sure. is your dress. You ordered it. This, you, this is the dress she ordered. Let's look at the number. Let's look at the number. Uh
3: and then they go and then they
4: you wanted it too this is
3: an eight (laughs) this is terrible and then the families come in and try to make decisions and that's horrible is the show about picking out wedding dresses? yes that's the whole that's all the show is and yet it is endlessly entertaining because part of it is because of the family dynamics of whatever's going on but part of it's like who gives a shit? Like, that's <laughs> half the show is just like, I can't believe these jackasses care about this. Like, just, <laughs> it's like 10,000, two, I mean, anything more than a hundred bucks on a dress. That's <laughs> ridiculous.
2: Yeah. And you know, it's like I see the appeal of shows like this, and that kind of makes me wish that the Kardashians were more awful, but they're not really. They're not, I wish they behaved like the messes in the dresses
3: well and these are perfectly nice girls who oh. are uh, and late and mm-hmm. uh, older women sure. who are getting married for the first second third time <laughs> and um they're but it's uh, how important it is to have like this dress that they really feel on this one day that yeah. is gonna important it's like when 50 percent of people get divorced and or especially when they're married so young um, anyways i 'm sort of negative
1: i oh, it 's funny like the defining m- m- marriage in my life before my own marriage was the marriage of my father and stepmother, which was when i was like i don 't uh, eight or nine something like that and uh my stepmother is just re- she 's just a resolute anarchist um just really doesn 't believe in anything awesome. Um, she's an awesome, really great lady. Um, I, I, I love her and everything. Um, but she really, like, she does not, she's no interest in ceremonies. Wore, like, a polka dot dress. Um, and they, uh, like, a party dress. Like, basically a cocktail dress. Um, and uh, they got married in my dad's friend Ed's house, uh, in front of my dad's friend Ed's iron lung
2: it was Ed in the iron
1: lung? Ed was not in the iron lung. I oh, think Ed okay. was in his chair. I'm okay. going to get. I'm gonna say that Ed was on the respirator during the, uh, uh, on the portable respirator, sure. the battery-powered respirator, not in the iron lung. But if he had been in the iron lung, he could have checked them out using the mirror that was above the... <laughs>
2: So this was like one of those TV sitcom weddings where they have the wedding at the house so they don't have to build another set.
0: Yeah. Oh right, exactly.
3: right. And the house is a hotel because that's what the family runs the business.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was exactly that's that was exactly the situation. It was such a weird thing. I didn't. I hadn't thought about how odd my, this guy Ed was. My dad's best friend and was a famous um, disability rights activist yeah. um, and. There are things that I started thinking about him because there was recently a day in California declared Ed Roberts Day. Oh. And I started thinking about Ed and I started remembering things because he he died 10 years ago. And um, I started remembering things that happened uh, when I was a kid and we were hanging out at Ed's house, like um, Ed uh, smoking weed in his iron lung. <coughs> No, Which is pretty amazing, yeah, right? We could
2: hot box that thing. That is pr- a pretty. A way you could slip your head inside and then fill it with marijuana smoke.
1: That is a pretty amazing thing. I mean, I just what a strange. Anyway, that's where my parents got. That was that was what I imagined when it came to weddings. Well,
3: that seems like the deepest love, of, you know, because you're having friends that's in something regular and it's not making, every, well, did it make you uncomfortable? I just think the weddings <laughs> make people uncomfortable. I think them.
1: that, <laughs> what, from what I understand, I, as we descended the stairs down into the uh, entryway that was right by the living room where the um, wedding was held, yeah. I am told that, I do not remember this at all, um, but I am told that I told a joke on the way down the stairs that I had recently heard and was excited to share. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> is
1: that a sweet little story? A, that is a good
3: one. That's a good wedding. Yeah. I say, so I've been to plenty of, like, just big... Not horrible wedding, but just go. This is a lot of money
2: yeah. that you
3: guys are spending to declare something, and it's like I I would listen to this declaration anywhere at a bus depot. <laughs> you didn't have to at rent. a Home Depot. Yeah, at a Home Depot. Yeah, I mean,
1: I w- my wife and I went to a family wedding. Um, excuse me, about a, uh, maybe a year or so ago, and it was the most intense thing. It was in a very fancy hotel in San Francisco <sighs> with very fancy food. And it was just incredibly, incredibly intense. Um, a lot of people were there. Um, both, both sides had huge families and they were all there. And um, just a lot of speeches about, about family and loyalty and little princess and that oh. kind of thing. And uh, uh six months later, they got divorced. Oh my God! I think this oh, I genuinely think, given that I know how much Teresa and I spent on our wedding, which was um, a little bit smaller and and we were cutting a lot of corners financially, I would guess that they probably spent fifty thousand dollars on this wedding, maybe even seventy five. Um, Six months later, it was, it was done.
3: But they didn't spend it. Their parents did.
1: Yeah, the right. mother of the, the parents of the bride, I think, did. Well,
2: uh, and that's another thing about the dress mess is yeah. that, it's, that these, it's these women who are, you know, 29, 30, and their mothers are with them helping them make big decisions. And that kind of thing blows me away. I mean, I, I, I'm close with my mom, but I don't run any decision by her
1: ever. Even it's, when you're buying an expensive dress?
2: No, I mean I certainly do. I send her, I send her pictures. So. Right, but I just want her to tell me I look
1: cute. Right, yeah, it's just, <laughs> if she said it, self-esteem. don't get it. Yeah, that I would know. be a real. Yeah.
2: But yeah, it's well, weird that someone can be an adult and getting married, and st- to me, that's so weird that you would involve your parents in a decision. I don't know if I'm. Right? I might be in a minority there, but
3: I know maybe I'm a I'm a wedding Grinch because yeah. I, I feel like maybe because I think if you have like a great. Maybe you have super close family. And I have close family, but we also have very rigid boundaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, at least I would just – my mom told me something. I'd be like – I'm not listening. I'm not listening. Blah, blah, blah. Which that's not a boundary as much as it is immature. Um, So, but I, I, and I've also never had the opportunity to get married, so I don't think I've had, but my sister, when she got married, it was huge. I mean, I think it was about 20 grand about 20 years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is your sister older or younger? She's older. Uh And And it's genuinely, I mean, I I will tell you that if you are going to have a wedding with, um, you know, with your your whole. With your whole family there, it's hard to do it for less than $20,000. Oh. That's just how much it costs. Let me try. If you want to have mm. 200 people there.
2: 80 bucks. I can do it.
3: 80 bucks. Listen, yeah, because what you do, I mean, what, what's a nice restaurant? You know, you, or you just go have a big party in your backyard. You get a bouncy yeah. castle. Get some tamales.
2: That would be a nice awesome. uh, – This another good reality show idea: low ball wedding.
3: Low ball wedding. Oh, where that it's is three great.
2: wedding planners, and you have, you have a bride and a groom. And they say here is what we want, and then they just low ball each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then, the, and then, when they stop, that's how much they have to do the wedding for. I
3: I do I, that. That sounds like a great idea, and I would like. I I think I took a marriage and family class in high school. Did you do that?
1: I. A marriage and family class? Yes. Did you go to a religious high school?
3: I was Catholic, and then okay. they switched over to uh, non-denominational, but they, The school switched? Yeah, they switched because the Catholic Church ran out of money. I don't know what happened. <laughs> wow, that's strange. Just yeah. because God
1: betrayed them. <laughs> yeah.
3: God doesn't live here anymore. Um, so uh, they had us... Uh, plan a wedding, and I did a plan- I w- did a wedding under 50 bucks because all-, all the other people were doing, like, these huge weddings. And yeah. I'm like, all you need is a license, right. a dress, a place to go on your honeymoon, I guess. I mean, if you're going to follow through on the chutzpah, but people can just come to City Hall. That's kind of fun. You don't even have to. I mean, not that I just think it- it's about the relationship and the community witnessing it, and that doesn't mean you have to have... A billion dollars.
1: The only tricky bit is that uh, if you want to feed people, it costs $100 a person.
3: Not unless you buy hot dogs. <laughs> well, that's right. I
1: mean, I've, we've, we've, we had a taco truck at our wedding. But um, yeah. but like when you buy food, it's great. I worked as a, a wedding DJ's assistant one summer oh. and went to all these weddings. And often uh, you weren't allowed to eat the food um, when you were working the wedding they would like, someone would come up and say, we made you these sandwiches. And uh, because they could either make you sandwiches or pay $100 Hmm. to have you eat. And the sandwiches were horrible. I mean, it really fucking sucked um, that we that was all we had to eat. But on the other hand, you're sort of like, well, I can kind of understand why they didn't want to spend $200 on food for the DJ and his assistant.
3: So you get like a food court wedding. Yeah, you know, like where everyone
2: that way, every, there's yeah, all, every like kind va- of food. A voucher for ten bucks, and you can do, you can use it get at two
1: orange Julius's, and Express hot dog on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> you can get pretzels, soft pretzels. Low ball wedding, guys. I don't know. Yeah,
2: a low ball wedding.
3: I think that's a great because my my sister it was so stressful that wedding. It was just so Were stressful. Were you in it? Were you I was the in, maid of honor? You had to yeah, and you had to fancy dress and. And keeping all everything together and I just I just found it super stressful
2: We're actually approaching. In two months, the I'm, I'm going to officiate a wedding for a
1: fan oh, of ours.
2: Oh, exciting. And that's coming up.
1: Have we talked about that on the show yet? Uh, I
2: think we've mentioned that it's happening.
1: Well, it, th- is it really happening?
2: Yeah, I mean, we're arranging travel and everything.
1: Wow, have you talked to Ebeth yet?
2: I have not talked to Ebeth. I should talk to Jordan, e- come on. I know, I've been busy.
1: One of our favorite listeners, Ebeth, is a wedding officiant. She's a non denominational wedding officiant. So she's got a lot of insights into the wedding officiating process. Of course, I do too, because I already officiated a listener's wedding. You did? Yeah. And I was really classy and I did a great job.
2: I think what I'm going to do, I think they want a non denominational wedding. I'm just going to slip in a bunch of religious stuff. Ah! <laughs> You're just gonna drop it in there. Some feathers.
3: Yeah, just say some really outrageous maxims from each.
1: Yeah, right. Religion. You just uh, and now a reading from Deuteronomy. <laughs> sure. No. And then the Buddhist thing. <laughs> here's what do they have. Here's some. Here's some crazy shit about shellfish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> shellfish and homosexuals. Let's begin. <laughs>
3: Don't now, cut your hair and cover it up, Sikhs
2: <laughs> Sure. <Yeah. laughs> and now everybody line up for the stress test. <laughs> 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 just have like I just wanted to cover everybody.
1: <laughs> did you know Sikhs carry a secret dagger?
2: Yes, I did <laughs> what? know that. I did know that.
1: <laughs> Number I one, that. I
3: that's they have it on a necklace, you know, like a yeah, symbolic.
1: But, yeah, it's like, but sometimes they literally Probably do dagger, carry yes. an actual dagger. I mean, it depends on you know what they're into. But uh, I've always, I've always kind of, there's been a part of me that's always wished I was a Sikh.
3: You can do it.
1: There's I know. No... I know. Here's the thing. Like, I, th- I think I probably couldn't get into the religious aspect of it. I would more just want the hair and the turban oh. <laughs> and like the beard. I kind of feel like every time I see a Sikh guy go like walking down the street, I think, fuck, he looks handsome in that Sikh <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? And
3: they're kind of a happy people. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's a version of it that's cruel and unusual, but they they see, it seem like everything's going real great.
1: It's an ancient form of Christianity, right?
3: No. It's totally separate from anything. They have a list of prophets
1: oh. that have
3: come in the last I don't, Yeah, there's a new prophet. There hasn't been a new prophet in about 50 years or something. I think they said, oh, we're going to stop with the prophets. And the other thing I know is that, it, <laughs> or
1: at least slow down. <laughs> slow down.
3: <laughs> and then all the when you become Sikh, you all the men are named Singh. You get your name changed to Singh, and then all the women are named something else. I just know Singh because that's the guy who runs my liquor store. Oh. The copper keg, Aha. Uh-huh. Hazelwood and York.
1: Um, Visit whenever you're known. But do you know what I mean about a Sikh guy really looking handsome? Oh no, yes. In the Sikh gear,
3: and you should see their beautiful hair beneath their uh, Sikh gear. Do you? If they wash it. Some one of the guys is not very good at He doesn't seem very cleanly.
2: It sounds like you have taken the time to chat up the guy who works at your liquor
1: store.
3: Yes. Ki kuta, hello, oh. dog, goodbye. Mm. That's right. uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I can say that. Shukri. Wait, you
1: can say hello, dog, goodbye? goodbye.
3: Uh, yeah, I know. That's not very helpful. I <laughs> can say shukri. I say shukri. say thank you. Um, that's, that's all I know. Okay. But... He sells me overpriced uh, freezer-burned haggadahs for a dollar.
2: Oh, yeah, that's pretty good.
3: Where else am I going to get that? Except at the liquor store right across the street that's virtually identical.
2: Sure. But, <laughs> but he
1: knows... You, well,
2: you don't have the comfort in knowing <laughs> that it's being sold to you by a man with a secret dagger. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's true. That's, true. <laughs>
1: that's like sh- a peace
2: of mind thing.
1: Shiv yeah. somebody if he needed to. Symbolically. <laughs>
3: it's he's it's, it's, it's very nice yeah I know he's taught me some that's Punjab i don't i don't I, I don't know what i don't know
1: I don't know if all Sikhs speak Say Punjab that.
3: yeah I don't know if that's true
1: or just Punjabis speak Punjab Punjabis. many of them are Sikhs
3: Man, yeah perhaps
1: Jordan
2: yes yes <laughs> I agree with I'm all sorry. of this I'm sorry Jordan I agree with everything
1: I don't mean to speak too soon, but it looks like you've got a mess in your dress.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. I did make a mess of my dress while we've been sitting here.
1: We'll be back in just a second. on Jordan <laughs> Jesse go. La la
4: la la, la 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 la.
1: Jordan Jesse go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective.
3: Maria Bamford. Milk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Great. Yeah. Great. Bamford's bringing it.
3: <laughs> sure, yeah. I tried to, You came to play. I just wanted to add.
1: You need a nickname? Go to the Bammer.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. How about uh? Well, b- 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 the Bamboofler.
1: <laughs> bamboo floor, Man, i like it. it we've
2: got a couple more segments so. yeah okay. we're gonna have some more
1: segments maria so you keep oh the keep this under your hat for now holster, and okay.
2: holster those guns <laughs>
1: um jordan this is our second max fun drive episode of jordan jesse go tis um our goal in the max Fund drive is uh to have 1200 new donors uh during the two weeks of the max Fund drive we, as, of, as we record this, which is on Tuesday, we're ju- we've just broken half hmm. of that number. We're up over 600. We're coming up on 700, uh, as I recall. Very proud of all of the people who have donated. Big thanks to all of the people who have donated out there. Jordan, Jesse, go. Uh, leading the way. hmm leading the way jordan uh, ahead of the sound of young america ahead of judge john hodgman ahead of my brother my brother and me ahead of stop podcasting Mm. yourself
2: you know what the x factor is what's that fucking this guy i'm pointing to myself none of those other shows have me coincidence no
1: yeah that's a good point i'm to be fair none of them have maria bamford no that's true
2: well i'm sorry
1: i was so boastful
3: no 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 no. i mean I, i i i i just support you completely i mean not financial at all but
2: uh, <laughs> in no way financial let's be clear <laughs> but moral support moral
3: support i i mean i'd like to yeah per, a challenge grant that um you know for the next f- f- five <laughs> listeners next that five listeners email in i'll give a i'll give 50 bucks
1: do you get 50 bucks for five listeners?
3: Yeah.
2: Is that is that reasonable? Yeah.
1: That's great. Sure. Okay. There's been a lot of interest, Jordan, by the way, in signed 8x10s of Jordan Morris. Oh, I
2: got him in the car, by the way. Let me know. Okay. I'm offering a signed 8x10s for people who pledge Excellent. if they want them. That's great. Uh, I offered them last year. No one asked for them.
1: There has so. been some definite interest. There's been some confusion as to how you should get one. Uh, I'm going to suggest this as a me- method of getting them. Once you donate... hmm um, email lindsay at maximumfund.org with your name and address and your request, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll get them all together when we're sending out the things and uh, uh, send them out. So if you want an 8x10 of Jordan, there are other things that you can get if you donate to support maximumfund.org that yeah, are. Yeah, but. I mean, granted, you're the X Factor. Sure.
3: Can you get a tote?
1: <laughs> Absolutely, you can get a tote. So this is okay. the first year we have ever offered a tote.
3: I heard your wife uh, tried them all out, all we, the different types of totes, sizes.
1: She looked through every handles. every tote, different handles. She had measuring tapes out. She was measuring this. We ended up with Eco Totes brand totes. There's a Jordan Jesse Go tote, and there's a tote for every podcast in the MaximumFun.org community. Yeah. Uh, J- Judge John Hodgman's a little upset that his tote doesn't have a mustache on it. Um, does have a representation of his face, but no mustache. We've had does to he ag- have a mustache now? He has grown a mustache. No, I didn't know that. Uh, we have had to agree to allow people to draw in a mustache in order to placate Judge John Hodgman.
3: I'd like to put a challenge grant uh, that I will grow a mustache uh-huh. if <laughs> five people grow a mustache.
1: Um, <laughs> and you get... You get the tote bag at the $10 a month level, which is the friend of the family level. Um, there's this other—speaking of Judge John Hodgman, the, the level—$20 a month, you get that, plus you get this uh, cool USB drive uh, that is made out of wood and has hand-selected episodes of all of the, your favorite Maximum Fun podcasts. But there's this $35 a month level, uh, which is called Judge John Hodgman's Post-Apocalyptic Justice Squad. Uh, Level that is basically the greatest pledge drive gift that anyone has ever created. It is truly spectacular. Is it? This is what it is
3: a big mug?
1: Like for soup,
3: yeah. Like I mean, a big mug. Well, yeah,
1: like ju- I think we all know store
2: big. Like where do you put that thing? Doesn't fit in the cupboard.
1: We all know that because of uh, because of the Mayans or something, the world is going to end in 2012, Certainly. which is just around the corner. It's and actually
2: you're because of John Cusack. Oh, excuse me, John Cusack.
1: And you're gonna need stuff to handle yourself in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. yeah. So, we have some equipment in the uh, kit. In addition to the USB drive, uh, which will be valuable since it's made of wood for starting fires, and the tote bag, which will still be useful for toting, Um, you get this Eton uh, hand crank radio. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, This Eton (laughs) hand crank radio. To the mass grave. <laughs> um the radio has a, a hand crank and a solar panel and it has a weather channel on there so you can check out what the weather is hint dust tornadoes oh. Um and it also has a USB plug so you can crank it up and to put power into it and then plug your phone into it if you need to use your phone of course there won't be any cell towers nor wouldn't um, be
3: anyone
1: to call. But Jordan will need... On
3: your calling plan. <laughs> Jordan, will,
1: Jordan will need a way to... Can you hear to, me now?
2: <laughs> you can't. You're dead.
1: Jordan will need a way to power up his Nintendo DS. Sure. Um, you know, there's reasons to have, even in the post-apocalyptic world. Uh, you get this credit card size survival tool that is I made of give? steel.
3: How much do I got to get
1: This is the $35 a month level.
3: Okay, I'd like to make a challenge, Grant.
1: Okay, That's what's the challenge?
3: Okay, I'll... If I we get ten callers in who give the thirty five dollars challenge grant, I'll give thirty five dollars.
1: That's a great challenge. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're on safe territory because this is this show is not going out live. Okay, but um, <laughs> so it's unlikely that anyone will call in.
3: No, oh, okay. <laughs> what, what could I challenge that might happen? <laughs>
1: Oh, I liked that other challenge.
3: Oh yeah, sure. five five people, and then I'll give fifty bucks. Okay, okay, I can do it.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great challenge. Uh, right. Maximumfund.org/slash/donate. This thing has oh, it's got uh, Tang astronaut ice cream, um, white athletic tape in case a jock steps on your glasses. Ah. Uh, um, a twenty-sided die in case you need to play Dungeons and Dragons after the apocalypse.
3: That's the only thing you're gonna
2: want to do.
1: Yeah. Um. Anyway,
2: we live in it, so you're not gonna want to play
1: it. I think. <laughs> I th- well, it depends what kind of apocalypse it is. If the it opens a apocalypse. gateway to hell, yeah. then you're going to have to fight a lot of orcs. There's yes. no doubt about that.
2: Beholders.
1: But what about what if it's a what if the what if space comes rushing in? We have to fight aliens. Yeah. There's an, no aliens in Dungeons and Dragons.
3: Isn't a lot of Dungeons and Dragons just drawing your
1: character? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think so. That in graph paper. You know,
2: I honestly <laughs> don't understand how to play Dungeons and Dragons. Some people have it. tried to explain. I can't picture what a game would look like in my head
1: it's someone it's a group of people and then one guy is just describing stuff it's sort of like uh, what's that video game called Zork yeah is that what it's called it's Zork sure it's sort of like that only text based with a guy PC game and and the guy he's in charge of acting the whole thing out
3: or or a
1: lady. Women's
3: a
2: princess.
1: We're talking about Dungeons and Dragons, though.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, Jackie Cation plays some D&D. There you go. That's Jackie
1: Cation's not afraid to play. she hosts the Dork Forest podcast.
3: She's got level seven plus armor.
1: <laughs> sure. And plus four charisma, if you ask me. Sure. Uh, the delightful Jackie Cation. Nice. Um <laughs> Anyway, here's the deal. Um, everything that we do at MaximumFun.org is supported by people who listen to the shows. And, you know, there are thousands of people who care enough about our shows to send us a little money every month. It's really, there are levels that anyone can afford. It's not just for rich people with a lot of disposable income. Um, We're as grateful if you are sending us uh, $2 a month as if you are sending us $200 a month.
3: And is it not... The truest form of democracy that every person is given the freedom to give as much as they can, as much as they will, to form uh, the type of—and this isn't a government, but, I mean, it, it could certainly be. You do have a way about you that suggests an authoritarian—
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm trying to build a better future for our society, something that is more dedicated to the principles of our forefathers and the homeland— Uh, that's more capable of defending ourselves. Um, uh, I'd like to have a Royal Guard of some kind, um, with velvet hats. Uh, Kind of a
2: paramilitary shock troop. Exactly.
1: And the special martial arts skills where they can do that thing where they, they just take two fingers and they just put it in your sternum and you die. Could
3: that be a new th- thing at the Maximum Fun Con to do like a paramilitary? Kill game? training. Oh, yeah, training. sure. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. One shot, one kill. <laughs> ROTC for... We'd have
1: to probably start the first year. We'd just have to do that thing There'd be where lots you, of you get a, you get a <laughs> <laughs> rifle with a bayonet and then there's a person that's made out of straw and you just scream and stab <laughs> the person over and over and over oh. until you're not afraid to kill.
3: Oh my god, that sounds
1: until you can drive yourself into a killing frenzy.
3: <laughs> oh, it's terrifying! I thought we were uh, gonna do something where a guy dresses up in a bunch of balloons, and then women go at him and go, and he says things that are kind of sleazy, and then you keep
2: him <laughs> the yeah. <laughs> That would be fun. He says stuff like, "Hey, And You, hey, s- you baby, say my body you- is a temple.
3: Uh, yeah, or you, yeah, you take a stance and say, "I am not interested."
2: Yeah.
1: Did you see the, did you see, did you see the King of the Hill where Bobby goes into the class and then he has to, he's in the women's self-defense class and he yells, that's my purse. I don't know you. Yes. That was one of my favorite things that's ever happened on television. Very good thing. Um, uh, You know, my wife Teresa took one of those classes and then had to do the thing on somebody. Mm -hmm. She, when she was living in Cuba... Uh, she had to like jam someone's nose into their brain or something. I can't remember exactly what moves she had to do to somebody, but she had to disable someone wow. who like was like persistently like hitting her and like trying to like grab at her. Grab at her, wow! She had to take him out, and she totally did. That's isn't awesome. that awesome? Isn't my wife awesome? <laughs> that
3: is a, she is awesome. I mean, I knew that she was awesome beforehand, but now I have a deeper respect and for
1: a awesome little bit person. of fear.
3: Little fear, some
2: fear.
1: Anyway, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is if you don't go to maximumfundorg slash donate, my wife does know how to jam your nose bone into your brain cavity. Great. Um, MaximumFun.org slash donate. Again, levels for any ability to pay. What's really important is that if you like this show and you like the other shows that we make at maximumfund.org, which I think you do because you're listening right now, uh, that you s- support the show. Even a little bit makes a big difference. Um, you know, it's just a couple of bucks a month. It's it's an amount of money that you don't even notice disappearing from your bank account, but what you do notice is that every time you listen to our show you think, hey, I paid for that and you feel good about it. Yeah. Anyway, maximumfund.org slash donate. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective.
3: Oh, <laughs> Maria Bamford, cheeseburgler.
1: Ah. Ah, yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I think I know your brother. <laughs> he does not like cheese that much.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I made some cheeseburgers the um, the America's Test Kitchen way. Ooh. Oh, goodness gracious, they were tasty.
2: What's America's Test Kitchen? Uh, this is
1: a television program on the PBS network uh, that is built around the empire of uh, the magazine Cooks Illustrated. I don't know if you've ever oh, seen this thing. Oh, yes. Oh, this is a great magazine. And they got these great... Oh, it's so great. Um, they're Basically, their deal is they just try and make a pretty regular thing. Like they know it's not really crazy wild, interesting things. It's like meatloaf or something. They're
2: not they're not making a carrot into a foam.
1: No, no. They no. and they write a little they write a little article, they say, This is this is what we thought a meatloaf should be like. And then they just say, We tried it these twelve trillion different ways uh until we got one that was easy and tasted great. And they're always good. Every recipe is so fucking good. And the cheeseburgers, they were like um they were supposed to be kind of like uh like old school fast food cheeseburgers, sort of like a Shake Shack type of situation. Sure. Oh god, they were so tasty. Oh my god, they were good.
2: I want to to uh to expand on our theme of reality television. I yeah. watched uh I had never watched an episode of Top Chef before. Okay. Uh but I watched it it was part of the in flight entertainment on a plane I was on recently. Mm-hmm. And uh I l lo- I really liked it, but I think I just have a fantasy about being uh A famous chef who has tattoo sleeves. <laughs> I think that's just like maybe a kind of guy I would want to be. There's no there's reason
3: little, you can't do that. Yeah,
2: he's my Michael Jordan Kardashian, mm-hmm. like a guy with tattoo sleeves. Jordan, what and if like you. Like a misfits shirt, but he can.
1: What like if cook. you try and be that and then you accidentally become Guy Fieri?
2: Oof, that'd be tough.
1: That would be a yeah, bad situation.
2: That be, that, that's not what I want to have. Do you
3: like to cook?
2: Uh, I, I kind of enjoy to cook. Yeah, uh, I do. No, it's nice. I do what like to. What do you cook? Oh, you know, I'll cook
1: a piece of meat. Jordan had uh, a fry daddy when we were in I did college. Have a fry daddy. He would make a fried chicken in there.
2: Yeah, make like a stir you make fry a fried chicken. Yeah, I can. I do, do know how to fry a chicken. Well, that's
1: great. Jordan, let's uh, take some momentous occasion calls, shall we? Sure. When something momentous happens to our listeners, we ask that they give us a call at 206-9844-FUN to share it with us. Um, Here's the situation, just to give you a recap. Um, Our intern, Lindsay, screens the calls. She's a great young woman, but uh, I had to threaten to fire her a few times on the show for doing a bad job of screening the calls. Now, then I had to explain that I was just joking when I was pretending to fire her or think that I should fire her because people were worried that I might actually fire her. I was worried. Her.
3: Just hearing now, it now, I got now worried. Now,
1: she knew that I wasn't actually going to fire her. I want to make that much clear. She sits here three days a week working at this desk right, right over to my left. She sits in the very chair that you're sitting in right now, Maria. She knows, she knows what kind of guy I am. She knows I'm not just going to start you know, firing people. Ferrari. But in, the,
3: in this con- economy. That's true. Yeah, yeah. In this
1: economy, I can't afford to have unpaid employees. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Which, so just to bring, bring it back, I guess, depending, it depends where we're at, depends on how you feel about Lindsay, the intern. I feel good If, about you're, if you're worried that she might actually get fired, then don't worry. Nothing is wrong. There's no, nothing is in jeopardy. If you understand that the whole thing is kind of a goof, then she's right on the edge of getting fired at any moment.
2: I've never met her, but she seems like a real dipshit.
4: Hello, Jordan and Jesse and whoever the hilarious and probably very uh, handsome person is in the studio. I just had a moment of I'm on the highway driving to work and uh, just got cut off by a minivan that has three car seats in it. And it's covered in Jesus bumper stickers. None of this is really that particularly uh, noteworthy. There is one small bumper sticker on the bottom left corner of the van that is a camouflage sticker, and it says marijuana. It ain't fucking crack. I don't know what that means, but uh, I certainly um, almost drove off the road uh, laughing. Also, the cognitive dissonance almost made my head explode. So thanks. Love the show. Bye.
2: We do. I we do get a lot of. I saw a funny sticker calls. Yeah. I think those. Now I do like the idea that that maybe this this family, this religious family, bought it from like a stoner and just couldn't get the sticker off.
1: No. My dad no. did drive a pickup truck for several years that had a bumper sticker on it that said, uh, "Warning: This vehicle contains an outrageous older woman."
2: Oh wow! <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> It is, it is definitely funny when you see, you know, Dad's like a good uh, guy. <laughs> it is funny like when you see a middle-aged guy in like a Volkswagen Jetta with like a, you know, zero to bitch in sixty-five seconds, and it's like, oh, you're driving your daughter's car or your
1: wife's car or something. So
3: or your own car, and maybe that's what you, feel yeah, like. no, sure, zero to
0: bitch. The sure. thing,
1: the thing that I think is funny is when there's a car that has. Uh, vanity license plate. Mm. And the vanity license plate is something that's really specifically like it's like daddy's little princess or like, you know, something about... Um, something about being like a spoiled bitch, yeah, or like yield to the queen. Yield uh, you to know, the I've, queen.
2: I, in my uh, building, there's some. There's a yield to the princess license plate frame, and I park behind her pretty regularly. I have yet to see the princess get into her car. Yeah, it's like uh, it's it says. RAV4. It says
1: like yield to the princess, mm-hmm. and then the, and the license plate is like too bitchy or something like that. Yeah, I really do enjoy it when I see something like that. And then there's just a dad driving it,
2: yeah, that is a lot of fun.
1: it's like a purple corolla, mm, mm-hmm. and there's just a dad driving the vehicle anyway let's go let's go back to the telephone calls here
0: okay. Hi, Jordan Jesse Go. This is Dimitri, and I wanted to call it a momentous occasion uh on Sunday night. I was flying into d c and there was a big storm, and I was sort of in and out of sleep, and the plane jolted really hard. And the pilot came on to say, hey, by the way, that is something unusual. The plane was just hit by lightning. And that was somewhat momentous. And then I looked down at my phone to see what time it was, and it was exactly midnight. And then February 28th, and I realized, wow, someone really wants to remind me that Max Fun Drive has started. Uh, So as soon as I got off the plane, I got home. I made my friend of the family donation. So uh, if people don't want to get hit by lightning, uh, I think that's the best move. Uh,
1: See, that's a good call. That's a really solid call. The guy's got a clear, he's got a good stage presence. He's clear, he's coherent. He got hit by lightning in an airplane. He's
2: got a real point of view. (laughs) Jesse, yeah. have you been do, uh, using the donation money for a weather changer? <laughs> <laughs> do you have some sort of super villain weather machine now? I
1: I Seems just, like a bad investment. I've been working for the Chinese government for a long time, so I have access to the weather changing machine. Mm. Um, I just have only recently started using it. Partly, to
2: fire lightning at random planes.
1: Yeah, well, partly just because um, it's hard to get diesel. You know, the, the gas station Gosh. by my house only has just regular unleaded and premium unleaded. It's just hard to get to the diesel station. you got to fill up the tanks and then take it over to the weather changer oh, yeah. machine. So it's like a whole thing, a whole rigmarole that I don't want to get involved in. Um, but yeah, I am a Chinese spy. I do have a weather changing machine that shoots lightning bolts at airplanes.
2: Were you supposed to say that?
1: Well, nobody listens to this.
2: Oh, yeah. They're Chinese, anyway. Hey,
4: Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Go. It's Lex from Wenatchee, Washington. I am officially becoming a non-freeloader. I am donating two dollars a month, but I'm poor, so that's all I can afford. I hope it helps. Bye. This is a momentous occasion, by the way.
2: Man, Lex sounds that like a pretty cool dude. That
3: is momentous occasion because, and if, that's a, it's nice to feel like you can belong. I hate it when it's like, oh, it's like a country club membership,
1: yeah. and then yeah. it's
3: like, because do do your do giving levels are they? You know, levels of more and more grandiose terminology.
1: Yes, I mean the one hundred dollar a month level is Jesse's golden eagles, and Jordan. I don't know if you want to tell him. My
2: level is at two hundred dollars a month. It's Jordan's platinum angels.
1: Okay. So what?
3: Why doesn't it go the other way? What about the two dollar? How about, Cause isn't it?
1: That's the, an esteemed donor. Yeah, that's
3: an esteemed donor. Because cause the thing is is isn't it true that uh, the biblical thing that the lady who's uh, gives the one thing that she, the last dime that she has to the baby Jesus like she's giving more than the uh, sure. rich man in mm-hmm. the eye of the needle. Anyways, I I'm not conf- I don't know the stories.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's no, exactly that that's a story, and then they chop the baby Jesus in half, right?
2: Sure. And then, finally, Seven-Headed Dragon. They
1: anoint something with oils. Rich Dad, Poor
2: Dad. (laughs) Yeah, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, who moved my cheese? (laughs)
1: Um, Hey, I want to thank uh, Josh from Caffeinated Toothpaste, who was kind enough. He he was a sponsor on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, He was kind enough to send us copies of his first book, book. of his webcomic. And he even included one that he... Signed to the guest, so no. uh, our th- our thanks to Josh sure. for doing that. This is nice. um, we also have we have a message this week. It is a birthday message. Uh, the birthday was on Leap Day, uh, February twenty ninth. Here is the message. I'm supposed to read this verbatim. Happy seven and three quarters birthday to Doug Duggar. Do Love Don. I scored fifteen points against Purdue. Copenhaver Mel, stanky leg Copenhaver, (laughs) Jesse, flat screen Copenhaver, and Jeff, Mary Lou Retton, all star baby Copenhaver, Copenhaver.
2: (laughs) Money well spent, guy.
1: Um, Hey, we're doing a live show that people should not miss. It is on Sunday night, March 13th at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have special guests, including but not limited to big time Gene Mm O'Neill, Um, it's going to be a blast. We're going to be live streaming on the internet with video and audio in the whole nine yards.
3: Are there going to be uh, surprises? Or, oh, or, or...
1: There's going to be big time surprises. There's going to be plenty of surprises. There's going to be hijinks. Mm-hmm. We're giving away an Xbox 360. What? what? Thanks to a certain friend in uh, Redmond, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be giving away some copies of Gears of War also. Sure. Um, but I'm excited to give away that Xbox 360. It's going to be fun.
3: Does anyone make video game-related accessories?
1: Yeah, they sure.
3: donate to
2: MaxFunCon? Oh, yeah. 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 If anybody's Let's a get nice, some accessories uh, hey, in hey, here. Hey, if anybody's making uh, Street Fighter fight
1: sticks. Maybe a force feedback wheel? Sure. Is that something? Yeah, I guess. How about like a baseball bat with a sensor in it? Oh, how about one of those baseballs where it has a radar gun built inside of it and it tells you how fast your pitch was? Well, that's not for oh.
2: video games, though.
1: It's like a video game. It's electronic. No, you're, right. you're right. It's electronic. You know what
3: Jackie Cation would like? She would like to have a little uh, thing that you can put into the soil that has a camera and then a light on it so she can see how fast her potatoes are growing.
1: <laughs> oh, that is
2: cool. It clocks what it in. Yeah. What, what kind of units do you measure potato speed in? Not miles well, per hour. Well, you can just
3: watch it and see what it's going. what's okay. going on in there. You Because know, that's the thing is she keeps wanting to pull them up.
1: No. So they're not like, ready. I
3: got it. Yeah, I just got to let them be, but I want to watch them.
1: Yeah. Plus, if you're really into jacking off to uh worms and stuff.
2: <laughs> what?
1: Like worms and stuff. They're always the, you know.
2: Is they're that all the a They're sexy? super You
1: know how they're super sexy?
2: Oh, Yeah,
1: I great. don't. Cuz they're, they're like they're slithering around. Analids. They're like slithering around, you know?
2: Sure.
3: They don't have hearts.
1: Yeah. You They're really?
2: segmented bodies. There's nothing sexy about a segmented body. There's
1: nothing sexier than a segmented
2: <laughs> body. <laughs> okay, I mean potato potato. Yeah. Like
1: <laughs> hey Jordan Jessica, this is Jess in North Carolina with a momentous occasion. Um this week, I canceled my cable completely, and I donated to Maximum Fun for the first time in my life, And uh, because you guys are much funnier than Time Warner Cable. Uh, thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Bye. Oh, that is delightful. You know what I say? Why pay money to have them bring commercials to your house? Sure.
3: So true. And most of them, it is just a sales thing, especially the dress mess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that messy dress show. I do not care for this situation.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. It's, oh.
1: I do not care for the whole thing.
2: <laughs> it would be funny if the show was called Say Yes to My Mess. <laughs> <laughs> just about pooping on someone. <laughs> and it was still half an hour.
1: It, when you pay your cable bill, you know where that money goes to, Jordan? Yes. It goes straight to the boy-o-yoing people. Sure. That's where the money goes. Do not, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. It goes straight to boy-o-yoing. The boy-o-yoing fat cats mm. are taking treasure baths while people who actually create <laughs> content like us have to beg on the air for your donation. Sure.
0: So-
3: what about is there a version of a cable that is like the you know the mobile phone company working assets or credo mobile where it's like they give money to progressive causes
1: maximumfund.org slash donate i think isn't that right
3: interesting Mm -hmm.
1: we're actually i don't know if you've heard about this uh this has been in the news lately for slightly different reasons but I recently uh, got a check for $5 million mm-hmm. from a somewhat shady Muslim group, and all I had to do was go have a meeting with them and tell them about how much I hate the Tea <laughs> the Party. middle America. Yeah. yeah, the weird thing is the guy was dressed as a pimp, um, so I don't know what that was about. It didn't oh seem boy. very Muslim there to me. a lot of hidden
2: cameras around, Jesse? It
1: sounds yeah. like you got hidden cameras. Oh. Yeah. They just want to sell a video of me eloquently putting down Middle America. Sure. And talking about how much I hate the Tea Party.
2: And drinking a glass of Chardonnay while I do
1: it. look, at least I got their $5 million. Am I right? Our money worries are over. $5 million. What would
3: you do with $5 million?
1: I don't know. I'd probably bomb the Midwest for one thing. Yeah. Take out some of those racist NASCAR types.
3: As Jackie Cation says, w- what, what will we have lost? Either way.
1: Mm. I'd, oh. put some, I'd put some bombs in some New Yorkers.
2: Yeah. What? New Yorkers? I don't know. Who do you hate now?
1: I, I, well, I was trying to think of a way to make the New Yorkers the weapon, but... Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. I guess that doesn't they really make sense. They already are a weapon.
2: Yeah, a rudeness weapon.
3: Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And well...
3: A weapon of wit to rape you. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure.
1: <laughs> they're, they're a weapon against not funny short humor pieces mm-hmm. oh, because their humor th- pieces th- are th- so th- hilarious.
3: Yeah. They are good rants
1: and whispers. Oh, just called? shouts and murmurs. Just, oh, God, I love it when Woody Allen says something that. About Nietzsche. Yeah, about <laughs> Wittgenstein. <laughs> this is Wittgenstein humor. Gets a few laughs out of Wittgenstein. He should just give that thing over to Simon Rich and Jack Handy. That's it. Just yeah, right. Simon Rich and Jack Handy. D- done. Problem solved. Oh,
3: how about you? Tina Fey did a good one.
1: She well, she didn't. She she wrote like a regular article. Oh, that it.
3: was a regular article. That's right.
1: That she was did say that was something. Not a
2: shout or a murmur.
1: She in fact has a second regular article in the most recent New Yorker, from yes. what I understand. Yes,
3: yes, it's very good.
1: Though I haven't read it yet. The thing that I most liked about um, the thing that I most liked about the first one was the part where, where she said that any lady in comedy that's too old for the producers to want to fuck them, they just say that she's crazy. Yeah. And I was like, man, that is a fucking badass thing to say. Yeah. Um, although I was, think- I, I was reminded of there was a crazy old comedy writer subplot on an early episode of 30 Rock where Carrie Fisher. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. I
3: know. I thought that was interesting because she, yeah, she always seemed crazy or whatever.
1: And um, I worked with Ann Beats. Uh, who is a l- comedy writing legend? I do know Ann Um and a nice lady. Yes, uh, but was almost certainly in my mind the model for the Carrie Fisher <laughs> oh, character. <really? laughs> um, she genuinely is a nice lady and a comedy writing legend. Uh, but yeah, that character definitely based on her. Oh, that's
3: interesting. I don't know. I don't know her very. But I, yeah, I love that article. I thought it was great with Denise
1: Fay. It's amazing to always. think that if she took time off to have a baby, like if she went on maternity leave, one of the things in the article was that if she decided to have a second child, uh, she is the boss of a show that 150 people work on that wouldn't be happening mm-hmm. while she was... Gestating. Sure. Making a baby, Incubating. what an incredible thing to have on your shoulders, mm-hmm. you know. If you want to have it, whether or not you want to have the baby, it's like, you know, gee whiz, what a rough. I mean, in addition to the making the best show that there is, sure. Dear Jesse, you should book Tina Fey on the Sound of Young America. Oh, she- That is a good idea, listener who emails me once a month. (laughs) Thank you very much. I had not thought of booking Tina Fey on The Sound of Young America, and that's why she hadn't been on the show. No one had suggested it. Her people are always emailing me and saying, hey, Tina Fey doesn't have anything to do what with writing and starring in her own sitcom and also having a young child. Um, uh, She's looking for interviews on marginal public radio programs to do. Sorry, that was my, people are always emailing me yes. suggesting that I book yeah. Tina Fey on the show. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's the greatest genius, there's no doubt about that. We can all agree. She
3: is, she's really incredible.
1: Anyway, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan, <laughs> yeah. Jesse Go. La,
4: la, la, la,
2: la, 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 la,
1: Jordan, Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart.
2: Jordan Morris, boy detective. Maria! Ha,
1: ha. Yeah. Great. that's great mm-hmm. yeah. I, had a, I had dinner with Explodo straight flush okay. I had dinner with Explodo <laughs> the other know. day thank, by the way thank you so much uh, Explodo Kurt Explodo Anderson sends his regards to the Max Fun community yeah uh, he's very he was very delighted to hear that he's become a bit of a cult figure mm-hmm. on the podcast um, he's a he's a he's a class act that Kurt Anderson a nice man a funny man a brilliant man uh, so all the best to you and yours from Kurt Explodo Anderson <laughs> Is what I have to say about that. Um, I think it's about time to wrap things up, huh? Okay. It's Max Fun Drive time and the show's about to end. So now is the time to donate. Here's the thing. Don't fuck around. The theme for, <laughs> the theme for this year's Max Fun Drive: TCB, taken care of business.
2: Do you have a theme song in mind?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about Gonna Fly Now. I like it. Does that sound like the, a good choice? What about Kickstart My Heart? Yeah, I might use that. I don't know. There's a lot of good choices out there. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, maybe something... I might try and think of something that that like, has lyrical resonances or something like that. Like if there's a song called Making Care of Business or something oh, sure. that rhymes or... You know, making carrot business. Sure. Um, That's
2: the talk about shoving carrots (laughs) in your
1: butt. Yeah, that is, which is called carrot business. Yeah, that's carrot business. That's the name of that fetish. Sure. Um, Anyway, here's the thing. Like, you're out there. You're listening to this program. You listen every week. Um, Support the show, man.
3: Yeah. Do you ever feel like you want to feel loved and needed? Oh, my God, this is the call. This yeah. is the person, you know, we need you. We love you. You are beloved. <laughs> you, you know, this is the warm, uh, cuddly arms that are coming around you in a safe way, in the way that you've always wanted to feel loved.
1: Yeah, not in a, you're not going to have to drive this nose into the brain pan. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Is brain pan something?
2: We're not using you.
1: <laughs> no. No. Maximumfund.org slash donate.
2: Stick a carrot in your butt. <laughs>
1: Maximumfund.org slash donate is the place to go. And the time to do it is now. As you listen to this, the drive is probably pulling into the station. Uh, we have this goal. We have all these thousands of donors uh, already that are supporting us. Join them. We've got dozens of those donors who have put up uh, money for every new donation um and they have done that even though they already give because uh they want to bring you into the fold uh they want you to feel as good as they do every time they hear a maximumfund.org. every time you hear a maximumfund.org podcast that's the true benefit by the way of this operation is that every time you turn on your thing you'll think hey I contributed to that. I made that happen. Yeah. I, I decided. I, I Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I decided I like that, and I, I took care of business. TCB, right, Jordan? Sure. Just like Motley Crue sang in their famous song,
2: Kickstart My Heart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> MaximumFun.org slash donate is the place to do it. And we will see you online live Sunday night, March 13th, 7 p.m. MaximumFun.org, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. That, of course, is 8 p.m. Mountain, 9 p.m. Central. Some nudity. There will be some nudity. Um, Jordan has promised to show his butt. Mm, have I? Yeah. Oh, that was... We sort of set it up like it was an audition for a cop show on FX.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. So I'll have to say shit once. Yep. And then show the edge of my butt. Yep. And then have some sort of odd character flaw.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the whole situation <laughs> yeah, that we're problem. put together. Um
2: uh, Hey, uh, speaking of live funny things.
1: Yeah, Maria is going to be in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, Maria is going to be in, in beautiful Ann Arbor, Michigan from March 10th through March 12th at the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase.
3: Then I'll be in Melbourne, Australia from the 26th of March and through. Uh, Looks
1: like my birthday, April 24th age, or something. April,
3: yeah, 24th or something like that. Mm. And then uh,
1: at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Melbourne, I'll tell you something. I was uh, I was eating I was eating dinner at uh, the wedding of the folks who donated the uh, Xbox to our live show. Um, sitting with some Australians. They were really impressed, really, really impressed that I knew Maria Bamford and Arch Barker.
3: That, yeah, because it, they have a very small uh, TV, a pool of people, and then they also like uh, the idea that. If the person who comes over from the States doesn't do very well in the States, uh-huh. then it's like, oh, it's an underdog. It's a special, we, our person. Yeah, we it's our person. We, your country doesn't like you, but we do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a convict. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he said it as that's an Australian Delicious. voice. Oh, oh, I'm a convict. Oh. <laughs> Oh, well, your, me country's an island
3: Your accent is terrible
2: Un- Unemployment is easy to get
3: <laughs> It sure is
1: Hello <laughs> I'm from Australia <laughs> Me name's Dick Van Dyke
3: We have a lot of <laughs> Abergiganos
1: <laughs> Here Aber- 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 Have yourself some Angaroo <laughs> Is that correct? Yes, I mean certainly. JJ <laughs> um, J- J- go at maximumfun dot org two zero six nine eight four four fun. Look, Jordan needs the money. I need the money. Yeah. Um, Julia Smith, our producer, needs the money. My unborn child needs the money. We need the money to pay for uh, the new offices and the new place that we're moving to. Um, maximumfun dot org slash donate, so that you know that the thing that you like. You actually supported it instead of sitting sitting like a little turd on your couch. The TV show we work for got canceled. Yes, the TV show we work for got canceled. Come on, let's make it happen, people.
3: And, and this this is a you know it's a nice studio that you have here, but it's certainly not up to you know professional grade standards in terms no. of all the cushioning that they usually have in rooms. Sure, yeah, right. and then also there's usually like um somebody reading the traffic.
1: Right, Uh, we need to hire a traffic person. uh, We
2: need traffic updates on the fives. I've got. That's what this podcast needs.
1: I bought the chopper. I gotta buy the gas.
2: Yeah, it's
1: expensive. Diesel's expensive right now. It is. This
2: Doppler radar doesn't pay for itself. No
1: sir. Do You guys have
3: koozies.
2: We should. Oh, that might be a fun gift for next year.
3: Next year we'll
1: have koozies.
3: Everybody likes a koozie.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna build a couze in my backyard yeah. with the money that we get from this Max You're Fund drive. Hop in the coos. Not really. Nobody's getting rich off of this, Jordan. No. Nobody's getting rich off of this. there's no treasure baths going on. This isn't the boy oyoing people. No, uh uh-uh. uh.
3: No. It's a, it's a business, it's a science, it's a service. It's a community service.
1: By the way, J- Judge John Hodgman has promised that if you, uh, if you pledge at the Judge John Hodgman's post-apocalyptic justice squad level uh, and you tweet at him, he will retweet you. That is his promise. Pretty good. you he going
2: get several hundred followers from that.
1: He's also said that anyone who he, uh, anyone who he runs into at a show uh, in his neighborhood in Brooklyn uh, at a reading uh, and says that they're a fan of MaximumFun.org— he will then say, "Are you a donor?" And if if you are, he will uh, he will treat you like a king. And if you're not, he will shun you. Mm. So that's the oh. stakes we're looking at here. Very high. Uh. These are serious stakes. I mean, that guy is a film and television star.
3: Yeah, and when you're shunned, that means you know no contact with your family.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be like if you leave the Sea Org. In Scientology, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is going to be serious. Shit wow. is going to go down. You're going to have to steal a motorcycle and jump over a fence, Steve McQueen style, to get out of this situation if you don't donate. <laughs> anyway, maximumfun.org/slash/donate. Do it now. Do it long. Do it hard.
2: Oh, hey, hey. Don't do it hard. I don't want it hard.
1: We'll talk I to would you. I like gentle, please. We'll talk to you March 13th <laughs> at 7 p.m. Pacific at maximumfun.org
0: bye <laughs>